Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now, unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. And I'm Ian. And I'm Maya. This, this is, is Friendshipping! Oh my god, that was so cute. Anyway, um, the theme this week is... How to be a supportive friend to your non-binary pals. Friendship between humans has many benefits, but sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Hi, everyone. Here we go. Yay. <laughs> Welcome to the studio. Let's. Uh, so you're Jen and I'm Trin. And these are our friends, Maya and Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, and Ian, thank you for joining us today. How about we start this episode by talking about who you are, and you don't have to be too specific because the people on the internet listen to this. Let's start with, with Ian because we went in alphabetical order on the last thing. So, Ian, welcome. Thank you. Tell, tell us all about your gender. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Well, started one fine day in 1988. That's uh-huh. beautiful. I am a software engineer. I worked with Trin, and I currently work with Jen over at Cards and Black Box. I was assigned male at birth, and so I grew up feeling really, really weird about my gender because I knew I did not fit in with all of the other boys. I did a lot of boy stuff. Uh, like, my dad really wanted me to be in soccer and Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts, and I did all of those things. Right. It's so weird how we start training children how to perform gender immediately, and then we never give up up on it. I got bullied a lot for not fitting in or not being enough of a boy, and most of my friends were girls at the time. We hung out. I wanted to play with dolls and play house. And so I grew up with this like very weird relationship to gender where I knew that something was off, but I couldn't put that to words, right? Like I had no idea how to reckon with that. That very much continued up through college for me. So it seems that you knew at a young age, that you felt different from boys. You were somebody else. In college, it was when I started being presented with like a little bit more of an expansive concept of gender. And that was really just me meeting trans people for the first time. Yeah. And like starting to be exposed to that both through the queer scene at my university and also just living in Chicago in general having more access to a sort of queer community. And so when I was in college is when I started going to like queer bars and, you know, stuff like going out and just at the time, I didn't even really quite know what my identity was. I knew that I had a sexual identity that differed from just sort of straightness. And so I was going to all of these queer spaces, but I hadn't quite reckoned with my gender at that point. And I was also starting to work uh, so I started, like, being in the workspace. I'm holding up my pen because I wanted to say really quick while you touched on this that one of the common misconceptions about being non-binary is that it's explicitly tied to being bisexual or being queer. Oh, but absolutely But those are completely not. different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, for instance, there are non-binary people who experience sexual attraction to people of one gender. There's 
people who are non-binary that experience sexual attraction to multiple genders. There's people who are non-binary who experience absolutely no sexual attraction whatsoever. They're largely distinct concepts. You know, I, I realized we started talking about this and we didn't say the actual definition of what being non-binary is, which is, again, not homogenous. It's not the same experience for everybody. It's a two of you had very different experience. But yeah. essentially, would you agree that the definition is a gender that falls on the spectrum between, um, if, if you want, it's so, it's so weird because I, when we say gender spectrum, that's also allowing cis people to dictate what the spectrum of gender is. Right. So you're talking about like, you know, the, the doodliest of dudes and the high femist of high femmes and then everybody falling in between it. How do you feel about that definition and would you adjust it in some way? I don't know. Like I, I don't necessarily describe it as a place between as more as I describe it as a place that just isn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, right. Like, I just, I don't identify with being particularly femme or particularly masculine, and I don't think that that means that I'm between those two things, but I just think that it just is its own thing. Sure. I think sense. the metaphor that I've come up with that works the best for me is that gender is kind of just like a big field and like masculinity and femininity are two huge trees in that field. And everybody's like piling under them to get shade from the hot, hot sun. Mm-hmm. And of the patriarchy. Yes. <laughs> and and bees are just not under those trees. So, um, so they can be between those trees. Mm-hmm. Um, like you can draw a point between those two trees and say, like, this is where I'm at. Yeah. Um, or it and can there's be a like couple. A bush yeah. There's else. there's like smaller trees, shrubs, <laughs> etc. Yeah. Like I would I would probably refer to myself as like a shrubbery somewhere else. Like right. still in the field, but like not with the trees. You guys know that I'm a plant weeb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, uh, as you've been talking, because you know, I, I don't think I've ever even internally felt like gender is a spectrum. Like there's a line, you know, like you're a one to a five or whatever. Right. But it's an, it's an easy way to say it. But in my plant weebness, I was like, oh, so everybody's in the same greenhouse, you know, and sometimes there are some palm trees that don't need humidity. And so they're outdoors, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. And so that's cool. The follow up question. And this is a good time to establish that, you know, my and Ian are not experts on, on non binary. Right. Oh, not at you all. Know, you no. guys, you know, there are two of our, our close friends that we uh, respected colleagues and friends uh, that, that we uh, want to share uh, this with and, and, and get their perspectives on. But everything that we say here is tempered with the understanding that this is a whole world. And we're just kind of dipping into it to help our audience feel more comfortable with your own gender and and to um, help you acclimate to other people's genders, because this is not shit that you get taught in school, which is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. So, Ian, let's flash forward to today. And yeah. um, and you're discovering, so did you discover a community or how did you kind of like jump head first into this gender time? Right. So the moment where it really calcified for me that I could just identify as non-binary and that it was just a thing was actually just, and this is very adorable and funny. Yay! Uh, I love was, both those things. Uh, watching Steven Universe. Yeah. yeah. Um, Representation yeah. matters. It really, really does. And so Steven Universe is an American cartoon, just really quick, created by Rebecca Sugar, who is a non-binary woman. We'll get into that, too. Yes. I'm writing it down. And the show involves a number of characters who represent various queer identities, both sexual and gender identities, along a lot of different axes. And there's a moment in Steven Universe where the show 
introduces a non-binary character named Stevani. And immediately, both internally in the show and externally in the show's episode descriptions and the ways that the writers spoke about this character, they consistently used they-them pronouns and identified them as being non-binary. And something about that moment of this character existing and being in this cartoon that children were watching really just made me go, okay, I can do it. That's how I have felt for most of my life. Soon after that, I started sharing how I felt with friends and coworkers of mine. Maya, tell me all about yeah. your gender. <laughs> my my <laughs> non-binariness has been kind of like murky for most of my life. I am lucky that I have a really rad mother. Yeah, you do. Oh my um, God, your mom is the Who best. is like, just the best, just the best. It's like, true. It's objectively and subjectively true. She's the best. But she was the best in that I was never raised towards any particular gender. I kind of just chilled in the middle. Like I didn't do any like scouts or running in the street or doll playing <laughs> like or running in the street like I did I did like dirt digging and like music and like book reading all which sounds are, right yeah, yeah which are yeah, usually yeah. like just kind of like snaking in the middle mm -hmm. like never never really leaned towards one side or the other with the exception of being in a girl's choir but that at least for me registered just because of my range of voice and not actually because of my gender so like as a child I didn't put too much thought into my gender I just kind of like was in the middle and didn't think about it for a very long time. And then as I got older, it sort of became this like my mom would like refer to me as like my daughter and like, oh, she's going to college and she's doing this. And then it started to just be kind of like, I don't like that. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I like being referred to as that, but I don't know what another option is. I definitely don't want to be referred to as he, him, his, but I also don't like that. So what does that mean? And then I just kind of put it on like a back burner and was like, Meh, whatever, uh, and just continued to live in my gender murky abyss uh, for like all of college. And I guess it just it came more to me because I went to Oberlin, which is just like the hippiest of hippie schools. Yes, it is. Uh, and, like, the first day I got there, like, whenever you introduce yourself in class, you would always say, like, I'm so-and-so, and then your pronouns, and then, like, what you were thinking of, like, studying and stuff like that. What, what year was this? 2008. That's, like, I know that's, you know, only 10 years ago or whatever, but that seems really futuristic. Yeah, Oberlin was pretty serious about, like, not assuming people's gender. Like, it was very, very rigid that you do not assume someone's gender and that they will probably tell you what the gender is and if they don't you should just assume they them theirs that's that, wonderful God bless yeah. our teachers man yeah. the teachers yeah. i know yeah. in, the teachers i know in chicago are very strict about being not strict with gender but yeah yeah, yeah. That makes me feel like we when when that happens, and I know that like there are so many jokes in the media like uh, I'll never know somebody's pronouns, these are theirs, and it's like some people use those pronouns, yeah, and that's okay. Like yeah, like some people use those neo pronouns, yeah. and it's, it's always like of the it's a shitty bunt of a of a joke. But when that actually happens, it feels like the solar punk future. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it feels like holy shit, like we're actually making some cool strides into like a yeah. beautiful future where we accept each other. Yeah, anyway. and then like. Part of, part of me was like, 
wow, we're doing this a lot. Okay, that's interesting. And then the other part of me was like, the more times I said she, her, hers, the more times I was like, I just, (laughs) like, it's, it's, it felt like what I was supposed to say because I was assigned female birth, but then I had just spent so many decades avoiding my entire gender that to have to all of a sudden put my gender on blast was just like, yeah. No, I just I felt like like a snail that was like slowly curling back into its shell that was like, you know what? This is not uh, what I came here to do. And just like a little turtle. I know. Just like I'm just going to peace out, like nope out of this moment. Just the more I said she or hers, the more I was like, no, absolutely not. But like I wasn't sure what the options were. I didn't know that I could also not be he, him, his because I was like, am I a man? No. Am I a woman? No. What does this mean? Mm -hmm. And so then it just became like, I don't know what any of these words mean. Uh, (laughs) And I feel like they mean so many things and none of them apply to me. So I feel like I should just be not that at all. So then I like at the end of college, I was like pretty firmly like I am neither. I'm using them theirs. I don't know what I am, but I know it's not those. And I just want to not have to put myself in some weird place temporarily. So I'm just going to continue to not be those. And then we'll see where my life goes. But I will say that like one of the greatest things that happened to me recently was I received a wedding invitation from my good friend Tommy and his fiance Katie. And on the letter of like the envelope, it said mix. Oh, yay. Yeah, it was MX Maya Coleman. And I was like, this is the best day of my life. Just to to catch up audience (laughs) members who might not be familiar. One of the shittier difficulties about being somebody who doesn't fit into gender boxes uh, is the fact that gender permeates society. The mere use of Mr., Mrs., Ms., or ma'am, or sir, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's inescapable, and it's always, it's a constant reminder of, I see this gender, and and I want you to reciprocate the fact that we agree on what gender is, like, all of the time. And it's the most bullshit garbage. Yeah. Uh, and one of the ways uh, that uh, the solar punk future is getting around this is uh, the use of um, honorary titles and, and shit like that that are uh, gender neutral, such as MX, which yeah. is pronounced mix. Um, and you might see the use of the letter X in other non-gendered words like Latinx, yeah, right. uh, which is awesome. Or yeah. folks. Folks yes. with an X. Yeah. I love. I think folks that folks is very good. It's yeah, so cute. I, I was like, folks with a KS is fine. But like folks with an X means that I get to use one fewer character on yeah. Twitter. Oh, and you yeah. get to feel like a fox almost because it true. just almost looks like fox. A lot of my childhood was just, what am I? All right. I'm just going to ignore it. And I just ignored it for as long as I could until I learned what being non-binary was. And then I was like, oh, well, I'll just be that. Yeah, Sounds course. good. And our first question has a lot of components to it. Let's okay. hit it. Jen, I read it? I would love it if you would. Hello, friendshipping. I've recently introduced friends and family to my new pronouns and name. The process has been mostly amazing and people have been very supportive. However, there have been a few annoying reactions, including, this is a list, People using this as an opportunity to go off on their grammatical opinions about using the singular they. Someone saying that it is hard slash a struggle to learn new pronouns. People spending a really long time in, quote, a supportive rant about how they're going to try, but they are old and I should correct them if they're wrong, including doing this rant in a group of people or in public where I'm the only non-cis identifying person. Do you have any resources I can point people to? I know they aren't trying to hurt me, but I already feel like I'm putting myself out there and I wish they knew the ideal way to deal with this sort of thing. I don't want to be seen as high maintenance or like I'm looking for attention. That's literally the last thing I want. Thank you so much. Gender is weird in Los Angeles. 
First of all, the ending sentence, I don't want to seem high maintenance or like I'm looking for attention. That's literally the last thing I want. First of all, being high maintenance or wanting attention are both perfectly reasonable things. But you're not. You're not. <laughs> and it's it feels so unfair that you have to do all this legwork just to feel comfortable. Yeah. And like yourself. Yeah. Um, and we don't know what resource to point you two. We're going to try to make one right now. <laughs> I mean, like, the resource that I always point people to now is just, like, the internet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Find like, a community. Yeah. Google. It's 2018. Bing it. Sorry about it. Like, <laughs> it's very easy to find things. People put things places that are accessible to people. If you are an academic, you have all of JSTOR accessible to you, yes. which means you just have every book ever accessible to you. So whenever anyone asks me a question and they're like, well, how can I do that? I'm like, you should just take this exact question and ask Google right. and you will find so many actual responses to this. Like, unless you're on the dark web, you're probably going to find something pretty quick and it's going to be like sensible. Right. And there are really good ways to identify whether or not a source is reasonable or not. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, some way to do that is, is this written by somebody who, who is on the, in the quilt bag, who is in the LGBTQA uh, community? That is really important. If you are reading stuff like written by a cis person in a church, yeah. uh, that is a lot different than, yeah. Ta- yeah, than yeah, talking yeah. to somebody. Please know your sources. Yeah. Exactly. Trust the people who this actually affects first. Yeah. And also, like, learn your sources through experience and your research and looking into this because it's not our job as non-binary people to police sources to you. Like, I had to also learn which sources made sense. So, like, <laughs> you should also learn which sources make sense. That's not my job. Right. Right. And um, just to piggyback off of that, I think what's what's interesting is that on this podcast, we talk a lot about that everybody has privilege. Everybody has also the responsibility to manage that privilege, to educate themselves and to uh, learn how to be a person in society that doesn't make other people feel like shit. That is your that is your deal. So I say the one thing for the asker is like, hey, like, yeah, you're not going to have perfect reactions because these people have not yet taken on their privilege head on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that is probably true for you, too. You probably have not fully uh, come to grips with your able-bodied privilege or your white privilege or et cetera kinds of privileges. So have a little bit of empathy for people who are fucking up because you do, too. I understand these issues that they have because I've dealt with them, too. Mm-hmm. But um, I also understand, like, you can't, I don't know, you can't just assume that everything is going to be perfect once you come out. That's just like not how coming out works. Right. And as much as that would be awesome, as much as I could just be like, well, I'm non-binary now. And then you see like this wave of rainbow that splashes across the entire earth and encompasses it. And all of a sudden, everyone knows your pronouns. Like that would be so amazing. Like I would want that all the time. But like some people suck and some people are great, but then they still suck. And just because they suck at one thing doesn't mean they suck at everything and they're a shitty person, but they can still learn. And so it just kind of becomes this learning experience for everyone, including the coming out e person is mm-hmm. learning about how people are learning about them, yeah. I guess, in a way. And I feel like it's important to like let like like aid in the learning sort of like not like teach, but like. If the chicken is running into the road, like, hold the chicken. <laughs> it's a boy chicken, apparently. Yeah. Oh, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Jesus. Mr. Chicken yeah. to you. Good God. The, the thing that jumps out to me in this question is uh, people use the opportunity to talk about grammar. Yeah. To talk, when people right. bring up the grammar thing. Every time I've heard someone bring up the grammar argument that I can't use a single they, it is so, like, intellectually false. Yes. It is so... Yeah. 
I am the first person to ever bring up this grammar issue. Like, listen to me as I explain this. And it's it's really actually a very common, tired refrain for right. people that are that are non-binary. People think that their thoughts are new. Yeah. yeah. You're, they're not. They're, Gra- your grammar, thoughts are not grammar new. Grammar is also like the consistent pettiest excuse for not doing something, though. Like, even when something is racist, if you, like, write, write in a comment or something that something is racist and then you correct them about how it's racist and then someone will be like, well, you spelled this word wrong. Mm-hmm. So because you did that, all of your opinions are null and void because grammar just appeared and told you that all of the rest of what you were talking about now doesn't make any sense. It's like the biggest internet, like, the easiest, like, scapegoat is to be like, nope, grammar. Seriously. I don't want to learn what you're talking about. Also, there, it's the assumption that everyone speaks English. Yeah, also that. Yeah. What the right. heck? And it's it's always been a weird argument to me in particular. Uh, so I studied French for a little bit when I was growing up. And it's like, so in French, there is the concept of the royal being plural. Right. Uh, yeah, this yeah. is true in every romance language. It's true in every language that English was derived from. Uh, and it's been true in yeah. English at points. <laughs> at times. Uh, so it's like, you can always find an example of these pronouns having been used hundreds of years prior to anyone being alive yeah. right now, right? What so, I've... like, if you insist on grammar being your argument, you're definitely wrong. And a bunch of, like, English lit majors and grammarians will— Merriam-Webster! Yeah. The, right. the Twitter account is very, very serious about use the freaking singular they— yeah, a freaking freak. I find I find that people are totally cool using the singular they if they're talking about a person who they don't know. Like yes. they're just like, who is this? Like, oh, are they coming over yes. tonight? Whatever. But then as soon as it becomes a person they know, they like have to assign gender on them. Well, and I like find that like asked. so strange. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if they're if they're doing it consciously, like we're doing then it right it's now. like Ah. Yeah, like we're talking about right, like hypothetical exactly. people and we're doing it right now. Like right. it's totally normal to do. But then as soon as it becomes like an actual person, it's like, well, if they're a person, well, now then this what's is their gender? And it's like, no, no, you can just continue to use the singular they. And it's like, <laughs> totally okay, you've been doing it this whole time. Why does it now become wrong when you're talking about whoever's name you're talking about? On this subject, are you interested in talking about how to correct people? Yeah, honestly, correcting, like, Pronouns, depends yeah. on mood entirely <laughs> right it's it's a very subjective thing yeah. for me uh it it depends on how my day has been going yeah, it also really. depends on um how well i know a person right like yeah. i'm probably absolutely never going to correct somebody who's working at a restaurant and is just trying to deal with me and yeah, it's right. weird because i am just constant like it's it's maybe the the largest class of people that misgenders me is yeah but that's also like i think that that's um interesting that it's good that you're sympathetic to the power dynamic there right you know because when somebody is um a waiter or a waitress who's misgendering you they are trying to be paid a full amount of money right, right. now they're right. trying to yeah. uphold the unfair standards of management in the restaurant industry capitalism yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly and so i'm, I'm not going to correct a person there um regardless of how they uh, misgender me. But if it's like, uh, you know, like if it's a family member, if it's my parents, I don't. Um, yeah, same. Because parents is tough. Yeah. But if it's like my cousin or, you know, like my my brother, uh, my sister has never done this. My sister's wonderful. But I'll, I'll correct family members. I'll sometimes I'll pull aside a friend after like, if we 
like went to a thing and I got misgendered by them while I was there or whatever, I'll maybe pull them aside afterward or text them later and be like, hey, so, you know, I had a lot of fun today. It was great. Just this one thing. Like, that's awesome. It would be wonderful if you didn't do this. I consider that a damn friendship courtesy. Yeah. You're telling your friends how to be kind to you. And your friends should want to do that. Well, and that's the Mm -hmm. thing that gets me about this part of the question about um, people uh, like taking an opportunity to go off about singular they, people spending a really long time like, I'm going to try and be supportive, but I'm going to mess up. Like, the problem is that nobody cares that you think pronouns are hard. Like, like, yeah, they they are like making change isn't easy, but you know what's way harder? Existing as a non-binary person in society. Yeah. So like your petty uh, argument about like meh, 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 they them grammar like it's it's excuses and it this is a very inappropriate time we talk about the uh, concentric circles of throwing up your emotions yeah <laughs> the circles of empathy right yeah yeah so your non-binary friend is in the middle and they are asking you to be a, uh, a a person who creates a loving and comfortable society for them and you are saying hey that's really difficult <laughs> Nice job. <laughs> really oh, nice. Right. Congrats. That's going to be hard for me to do. It's just like, well, fuck you. Like, like figure that out on your own time. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm very angry about it's gender right now. It's kind of like right it's now. implied. Like, right. when I'm asking you <laughs> right. to change a thing, it's like, I know it's going to be hard. That's why I'm asking. I just want you to try. Right. Like, right. I, I'm not expecting you to be perfect yeah, no or one anything. Is. Like, no one's going to be, at least certainly not in this century. Yeah. Right. Like. But this this is not a problem that's just going to be completely fixed before no. I die, no, right? right. Um, I mean, ideally it would be, but, like, but no. <laughs> I don't live in an ideal world, which is obvious. It's yeah. 2018. But, like, ultimately, grammatical discomfort is not as important as existential discomfort. Yeah, it's not. Right. Just buck up. And, like, your non-binary friends know you're going to mess up. Yeah, like, right. You're, you're, like, not you're gonna, doing it right you're now, buddy. Not, you're not yeah. going to blow anyone's hair back by being like, well, grammar's hard. Yeah, like, I it is, and that's why I'm asking you to make a conscious effort yeah, to fix like, this. Like as long as I see progress over time, that's fine by me. Yeah. Where did the weird, uh, like, stereotype of uh, I, I okay? So I have a ton of friends. Again, quilt bag community. Uh, I I have a ton of friends who are uh, on the queer spectrum, on like all around the 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 gender greenhouse, uh, and nobody has ever been like. You assumed my gender, like like that shitty joke uh, of like, yeah. do you know what I'm talking about? It's all about? over Twitter, yeah. It's yeah. like this big like shitty joke about like it's like the. I know I always bring this back to veganism because it's the only thing that I ever think about is eating vegetables. But it's like the how do you know a vegan is a vegan? Oh, don't worry, they'll tell you. That's not real. Like, there's nobody no. actually yeah. who's like that. That's just you expressing your discomfort with other viewpoints. So the joke you're referring to is, how dare you assume my gender as if non-binary people are going around saying that? And they never are. It's never, it's yeah. not. That's it's never not, been. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely said it a couple of times, but it was like to a person who I didn't know who was referring to me directly and like antagonizing me. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, okay, first of all, you're coming at me and it's weak. And second of all, how dare you assume my gender? But it's that's so rare. It's the rarest. It's definitely not right. like often enough to become a meme. Like Right. You're not Kool-Aid into the room no and being like how dare no like, like no, most no times i will just say nothing and then the other half of the time i will like pull you aside after because i know you and you're my friend mm-hmm. but like there is the small occasion 
where I'll be, I don't know, like a comedy show or something. And someone will say something to me and it's like, how do you see my gender? Like, what's your problem? But right. like, it's like, I'm not going to put you on blast unless you're putting me on blast. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't start fights. I just finish them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love how we're all just shouting into the microphones about this. This is really important. Um, I, and I know that like we're kind of bouncing off of the question and, and having other discussions. But I think that this is all really important. So let's go over what we've covered so far. Mm-hmm. So your grammatical discomfort is not important. It's important for people who are coming out in any way to have an understanding of like, yes, you have some privilege that you have grappled with and you have messed up. So have a little bit of empathy for this. But also it's important to understand that these people are adults and they have to take responsibility for understanding the world that they live in. Um, And we can't just gloss over the fact that like there are non-binary people. I have a question that is unrelated to this. Can I ask it? Yes. So as a bisexual person, a lot of people will say to me, why is it important to you that you're bisexual? Most people are a little bi. What? People say that. Mm-hmm. People say that, like, oh, everybody's a little bit gay. Have you heard that before? I think I've heard yeah, it, but I've, it just makes less and less sense the more I hear it. It does. Well, well so there's, there's part of it where it's like, I've heard it before. And then part of, like, every time I hear that, I'm just like, so you're just bi. Like, just call yourself bi. So that's... Just, yeah. Just be bi. So one of the things that I've heard uh, is, okay, so you know the Kinsey scale and how everybody, like, allegedly falls on, like, whatever. Allegedly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And how um, there's a gender greenhouse and, like, we're all over the greenhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have this suspicion that there are way more bisexual people and non-barrier people than we think that there oh, are. Oh, I totally agree. Like, mm-hmm. a huge number. That's and I don't true. think that that thought blows anyone's hair back. And... When people say something like, oh, like everyone's, I really do think it's going to turn into like, oh, everyone's a little bit non-binary. There is a spectrum or whatever. It's like, then yes, we should talk about that. Yeah. (laughs) Like then we should change our society significantly to uh, make comfortable the large amount of bisexual non-binary people that we have here apparently. If you're saying it, you got You can't just talk the talk. Yeah. Right. You also got to walk the walk. It's like, it's no big deal. Everyone's a little gay. Everyone's a little non-binary. Oh, it's like, sadly, well, then our society is not set up for most of the people yeah. who live yeah. in it. Yeah. 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 Leastwise, our clothing industry. Right. Yeah. 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 Or bathrooms. Yeah. Or restaurants. <laughs> yes. But like, yeah, for real, the clothing industry. Yeah, the clothing industry. Like when I was state. first like realizing oh. that I was very non-binary, I was like, but my boobs are huge. <laughs> and like the whole internet was telling me that I can't be androgynous if my boobs are huge. No. And oh. it was just like, but I want to wear these clothes. <laughs> like, I don't want to show the whole world my chest. Right. I just want to wear these clothes and have people not assume that I am like a boy or something like it's just like I have short hair and I don't wear dresses that often so I must be a boy like oh okay like please (laughs) tell me more about my life that you seem to know so much about and that's another misconception is that like all non-binary people are these like elven white multicolor hair uh non-binary like wispy type of Mm -hmm. i don't even know like surreal type of i mean that's definitely me but i I wanted to say that but i didn't want to say that yeah it's ian but it's not me like i I am a very like sturdy black large-chested person and i am not like super like in love with my chest, but not not in love with it in such a way that I want to get rid of it. Like mm-hmm. I'll leave it, but like it's still 
makes me feel weird because everyone just keeps being like, well, in order to be androgynous, like you have to be flat chested and you have to be thin and you have to be like a certain height and you have to be like all these things. And it's just like, well, I'm not those things. So I feel that's why I feel so like pulled away from gender because there are just so many more. Once you start identifying as non-binary, they just chuck a bunch of different qualifiers at you to prove if you're like non-binary enough. Yeah, and it's so though, it just like changes the whole thing. It's like I just got comfortable, and now I'm not like what I just I just decided that I don't want to say what gender I am, and now I have boobs, so I can't like what the heck. <laughs> I think that that's a misconception that non-binary is the third gender. Yeah, exactly, and that you have right. to fit into that third gender box. Yeah. Is that <laughs> so, uh, Ian? You uh, touched on earlier Steven Universe and how Rebecca Sugar, one of the crea- uh, the creator of Steven Universe, is a non-binary woman. Can you talk a little bit about like what that means and the non-homogenous nature of the non of the uh, gender greenhouse yeah sure so broadly speaking again non-binary identities are just wide and and varied specifically with the concept of non-binary man or non-binary woman what people are sort of trying to express there is that they have an identity that can be externally perceived as having traits of masculinity or femininity, and that they may somewhere in that big weird field of gender be kind of close to those concepts, but that they themselves view themselves as being external to the concept of masculinity or femininity, right? And so it is oftentimes used by people to express that they are comfortable with being referred to by masculine or feminine pronouns, or that they are comfortable having strangers perceive them as those things, but that in their more intimate relationships, in their friendships, that they would prefer to be recognized as being distinct from those things. Right. Um, And so Rebecca Sugar, creator of Steven Universe, identifies as a non-binary woman, as is the identity shared by a number of the characters in Steven Universe. Mm-hmm. Um, almost all of the principal characters of Steven Universe are non-binary women. So um, which is to say that all of the crystal gems present in a way that people, particularly within the show, see as female, but that the gems themselves are without gender, that right. they are agender, which is a non-binary identity, the concept that you do not identify with gender at all. And so Rebecca, having lived this life, being themselves, placed these characters in this show as sort of an expression of, of that identity. And it's a really just kind of wonderful one. Yeah. I think that's important for our listeners who are, you know, trans and and, uh, and cis alike, that... There was this one post about like there's two frogs who were talking and one was green and one was light green and one being like, you're not green because you're not my green or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, there's many things that are green. That was a really silly little anecdote, but I, like I wanted it. to add it. Yeah. You're not green enough. You're, yes, you're not this green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so how about the last part of the of the question? People uh, spend a really long time in support of rant about how they're going to try, but they are old and I should correct them if they're wrong. I feel like I people don't give enough credit to uh, to moms and dads the and olds. older and the old. Yeah. Like there are some good olds mm-hmm. and oh you can't gosh, yeah. blame your inability to make somebody comfortable on how old you are. On being old. You know, growth and change, not just for kids. You (laughs) should never stop learning. Yeah. It doesn't matter how old you are. 
Right. You should continue learning throughout your life. And it is reductive to present yourself as a person who has just become who they are. Yes. Right. And and that you are, it's going to be difficult for you to change and all of that. Because like, yeah, it is probably going to be a little difficult for you to learn a new thing. Right. That's hard if you do not constantly try to be that type of person who who is learning new things all the time and who is adapting their vision of the world to the new information that they have. I understand that it's going to be difficult for you to learn about this new concept. It was also difficult for me. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. It, it was tough for me when I was young to understand things about my gender. It was tough for me to come to this place that I am at now. And it's still tough, right? Like, as a person, you learn new things about yourself as you continue to get older. And so, yes, it's going to be tough. But, like, to center someone's coming out on how difficult it will be for you to <sighs> engage with that, yeah, when really that close. is literally the easiest part, yeah, like, the, the most straightforward part, like, your friend is telling you how to do that. Your friend right. gave you a guide yeah. on how to treat them it's by like, saying, I identify as non-binary and I would like for you to use they, them pronouns for me. Yeah. And like, because you've been told that, like, why is it then our idea to correct you when you're wrong? Like, right. if you've been told that, then you hear that you're wrong. You should be like, oh, mm-hmm. I was wrong. Never mind. They, them, theirs. I'm trying to think of a good thing for the person in this situation to be able to say back to that. And so um, tell me, I'd love some feedback on this. Mm -hmm. So for the first part of like, uh, oh, I'm old and I'm not going to (laughs) learn. Like, well, you have an iPhone. Yeah. Like, well, you learned to compost and to separate your recycling. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is a small change that will make a huge impact for me. And if and I know that you love me and I know you want me to feel comfortable and this is this is the way to do it. Yeah. (laughs) So how about the answer to, you know what I was going to ask you guys for the answer to the part of like, um, will you please correct me? But I, I have a, I have an answer and it's very angry, which is a uh, like you're just trying to apologize for your future fuck ups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you're trying to put a, you, you're trying to put yourself in a place with your non-binary friend, your non-binary loved one where they will automatically forgive you for fucking up because you said you would. Yeah. And that's like right. so unfair to put on. Yeah. People. You're trying to put yourself on auto forgive. Yes. So you're unfair. letting yourself off the hook. No. And you're making it the responsibility of the other person. Yeah. My answer is no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I think about when I think about like how to correct people, I and especially people that are older, as a cis person, I think it's really important for me to educate my family members yes. on this because, yes, you are old and uh, you, I hate this, but a lot of my family members have learned about trans issues and issues in the queer community by the bullying they see in the news. Mm-hmm. And I hate that that's their introduction. Yeah. Like, I need you to understand that, like, these issues, yes, you know, people are being bullied. I need to know that. But I also need you to understand that, like, you share a bathroom with a trans person. You have, and you yeah. will. And you, these are not like people, like t- people, like small groups of people you see on the news. Like that can't be the only picture you have of people who are non-binary. No, like have you been to a sport? You've <laughs> shared a bathroom with a trans person. Yeah, like you just have. That's like I don't care how small your town is. You've you just you've have. done. You've yeah. done it. You've you've already shared a room with one. I think it's like uh, cis people and just I mean human beings on the planet assume that they can pick up on everything. Like they know everything about everybody. 
And that is just simply not true. Mm -hmm. And I really hate the, this is, again, another tangent, but the, oh, this kid is too young to learn about trans issues, to learn about non-binary issues. Well, the fact is that we're not talking about, like, you know, uh, the elves of of Lordaeron or whatever. We're talking about people who actually exist and who your child is going to come into contact with. And, like, uh, do you really want them to be unprepared for life? In this way. Like, I feel like when people are saying that, they're saying that, like, children don't understand this other thing. And so they therefore can't understand another thing that you're compounding on top of that thing. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, well, then just rewind and teach them the other thing. And then you can right. teach them about trans people. Because, like, if they don't, like, if you're saying that because they don't understand gender, then, like, teach them about gender or not gender. And then teach them about trans people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a process. It's not, you, you don't have to, like, throw your child into a, a room of knives. Like, you can totally like take things step by step and teach them mm-hmm. how things are happening. Well, and if you're going to teach your kid about what it means to be a boy or what it means to be a girl, then you can, it, yeah. you're already addressing the concept of gender. Exactly. It's your privilege that is saying that non-binary gender is something different, right? It is you have the privilege of having hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of media that provide you with frameworks for talking about these things that, frankly, we don't have, right? Like, we've got a couple years of media yeah. that help us we with this. one of. cartoon. There's yeah. <laughs> academic writing that goes back uh, a while, yeah. a while um, but there's, there's really not um, those sort of pre-built frameworks for talking about things. Uh, that you that say like Disney movies provide or yeah. that fairy tales it's like provide. People saying that like my child is at point A and you're trying to teach my child point F and it's like okay we'll teach them B through E, right? <laughs> like and then get to point F. Like it doesn't mean that you can't teach them ever. It just means mm-hmm. that like you got to break it down a little different because they're kids. It doesn't mean that you should just then ignore the entire concept because they're kids like i don't <laughs> yeah i also think we underestimate kids and teens also we do. yeah yeah 100 percent. so let's talk a, a quick in conclusion about the question which i feel like we've delved into um and also given thank you both so much uh, maya and ian for being here and and for bolstering the information they were able to give of course this is not going to be exhaustive because this is an, an enormous topic um so this this podcast episode should not be your last stop yeah no if you if this is blowing your hair back as jen says That's not good. You should keep learning. And this is not the last thing that you should do. So when people use this as an opportunity to go off in their grammatical opinions about singular they, tell them about Merriam-Webster. Tell them that this is ridiculous. With confidence, tell them that they are wrong. Yes, just tell, tell them that they are wrong. And if they fight against you, they suck. If someone's saying that it is hard or a struggle to learn new pronouns, well, their grammatical discomfort is not as important as your existential discomfort. And make that really clear to them that they, you know that they want to create a comforting, loving space for you. And this is how you do it. Um, And people spending a long time about how they're going to try, but they're old and you should correct them. Well, make sure that you let them know that they are putting work on you by making their mess ups your problem. But tell them again, remind them how much that they they you know they love them. You know that they want you to feel comfortable and this is how we do it. So Ian, we met you mentioned a bit earlier that you went to a wedding where uh, you felt comfortable as a non-binary person and accepted. Um what are some small things that people can do in situations like that to help out? Sure. So the wedding that I went to that we were uh, talking about earlier was uh, the wedding of my best friend who had invited me to be a part of the wedding ceremony. Uh, Traditionally, this position is referred to uh, as best man or bridesmaid, et cetera, like that kind of stuff. 
Um, all of these are very, very gendered terms. So we spent, like, I think it was like a good month where we were just going back and forth with suggestions about how to handle this and how to message this to the other guests at the wedding, right? And so what we settled on, right, was that for the purposes of the wedding ceremony and on all of the, you know, various like bits of stationery and whatnot that would be created for the uh, wedding that we would refer to me simply as the best. Oh my God! That's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. good. Which is really, really that's wonderful. That's a great solution. Yes. Really cute. God, um, every wedding should just do that. the best. Right, and so we did that. We worked very closely with the, the wedding planners to make sure that everyone who is involved in making the production of the wedding knew that I was non-binary and knew how to, you know, just talk to me or, or call me up for a thing, etc. But it's really little touches like that. And a lot of the time, it's just you going back through the roots of how these things happened, right? Like how the best man or, or whatever happened. For a while, we were considering calling me the second because mm-hmm. best man tradition actually comes from the tradition of seconds as in dueling. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's, so, so if the groom got taken out, you would you have to marry the bride? You would have to take care of them. Oh, okay. Cool. Right. Like the, you would you would make sure that they were you know well off, et cetera. So yeah, that's just one small little thing that you can do if you are getting married is to find a way to refer to the folks in your wedding party by with words that they can identify with to ask them about those things before you actually have your sort of wedding materials planned and to make sure that you're being inclusive in that sense. Basically, there are ways, if you care, start mm-hmm. the discussion, like show that you care and, and make it inclusive. I mean, the, the simplest thing as changing ladies and gentlemen to my friends and family or my loved ones or there are many ways that you can go out of your way and make things easier on your friends and make them feel loved. Anyway, if people come away with nothing else from this episode, I, I hope that they start their journey learning about gender and that they also learn that this starts with talking to people, taking on some work and discussing and and going forward from there. So, uh, Maya. Yeah. Uh, if people wanted to find you on the Internet. Oh, God. Would you want them to? Yeah, I'm just like not really on the internet. Um, well, that's, that's not true. I am exactly where I am on the internet, but it's just not where <laughs> other people are. Um, I I guess okay. You could find me like you can add me on Discord. Like I'm on Discord. That's where I talk to most of my friends. Uh, and it's Britmus309 hashtag 1905. Um, that's also my battle tag. If you want to play Overwatch with me. Maya is very good to play Overwatch with. I love Overwatch. Maya is very good at Overwatch. Too good. No, I'm only Diamond. It's not that good. Ian, (laughs) (laughs) if people wanted to find you on the internet, where would they find you? Um, You can find me on Twitter or uh, Instagram as uh, Iaman. That's I-A-M-A-N. It's a superhero name my friend came up with for me in middle school, and it's the only nickname that's ever stuck as an online handle. Uh, I've had it everywhere on the internet for forever. 
Thank you both so much for coming, our respected Thank you. colleagues. No problem. Uh, if you uh, listeners have any additional questions on this topic or any other, you can email us at friendshipingpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, don't reach out to Maya and Ian directly to ask them questions about gender. That's a little rude. Instead, email us and we will filter through to them and, and start a discussion. Friendshipingpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you both for coming. Again, thank you to Ian Parman for editing. Thank you to Molly Lewis for singing. Thank you to Lauren Gallagher for designing. Thank you to Alex Cox, our podfather and audio daddy, for keeping the studio working. And thank you for listening. You're welcome for talking. New friendship at the problem.